Before we get started, please take the time to like, add, and subscribe to our pages on YouTube, Facebook, Spotify, and iTunes. Also, please leave us a review. Have you been around like birds, like pet birds or anything like that? No, birds aren't real. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, that that'll get. I'll I'll get it. You wander our way over, you know, because this is wandering ways. What's Bigfoot possibility? Clink, clink. What are you doing not bringing it to the camera? Who are you clinking? Oh, I clinked the I clinked I clinked the microphone because you know this is the Wandering Ways podcast where we have viewers <laughs> and listeners and watchers and stalkers. No, I'm just kidding. We don't have stalkers. Uh Joe, if you're listening, I was referring to you. Um and if your name is Joe and you don't know what I'm talking about disregard disregard no i'm just kidding i want to welcome back the wanderers to another wonderful wandering ways episode because that's what we do mark we wander we wander from left to right to up to down open to close it's just fun it's good stuff yeah no for sure um that's that's what we do here (laughs) we wander around and we talk about things involving nature but anyways, how you been? It's been a hot minute. Yeah, it has. It's also been a cold minute for me because uh, Thanksgiving just happened. You know, if you guys look back in past, you saw Thanksgiving weekend just happened. Um, and if you're listening to this in July, you know, it happened in November. <laughs> but it was cold. Um, we drove out to Oregon to see the good old fam bam. And... Uh, on our way back encountered a good old you know montana blizzard uh started going up that lookout pass right there in wallace idaho and we're going zero to ten miles an hour in a blizzard and all these semi trucks are pulled over in the right lane putting chains on it was crazy took us three hours to to get there from there to missoula oh i bet um it was and I was in my Honda Civic, not my Jeep, so it was just a little sketch. Nice, gotta love, uh, gotta love yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, no, it, 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 yeah, no, that was that was it was what it was, right? But it was good to be out in the Oregon, uh, see the family, go watch the Oregon State Beavers take on the Oregon Ducks and get that glorious civil war victory and i'm still going to call it the civil war even though there's some haters out there that wanted to change it and probably did i think they did change it so yeah it's officially not called that i heard them call it the civil war on espn so it can't be that far gone (laughs) well and like that's the thing is like it's a battle between north and south right it's not it's not at or you know it's a battle between inner two inner bodies that's what a civil war is. It's not about referring to the U.S. Civil War, but that's that's a for a different topic. podcast to debate that one on. <laughs> what are you up for? What have you been up for? What was your Thanksgiving like? How was? Did you get to see the big Pacific Ocean? I, I did. I saw the world's largest ocean. Um, I've seen the world's largest just... ocean in the last two weekends, so that's been kind of 
It's been kind of nice. I don't think I'm going to make it a three-peat this coming weekend, which is always a bummer. But anytime you get to see the world's largest and the world's deepest ocean, it's a treat. No, I went home to good old seaside, uh, saw the Fam Bam, uh, ran a turkey trot, ate some turkey, um, and then came back in the rain, back down to uh, Southern Oregon. Nice, nice. That's always lovely. You know, it's a beautiful time of year. Uh, I was just, like I said, I was just out in Oregon as well. It was beautiful out there. Um, good stuff. I mean, it was foggy. The fog is kind of cool. Uh, if, you, if you ever get out to get Oregon, you know, in a good rainy time, you get to experience the fog. It makes, it makes it feel like every Halloween fantasy is coming alive out there. Um, yeah, there is some kind of like spookiness to that fog. Yeah, and hence why you're wearing a beanie. You know, it just kind of gives you that like cold feel like you need to cover up and stay warm. It's cold here. It's supposed to snow actually overnight. So, yeah, I forget. You're kind of in the mountains. I'm actually up here. You know, it was cold when we got in, it was about nine degrees when we arrived uh, yesterday morning. 3 a.m. Tuesday morning, 3 a.m. when we got back in. Um, it's nice. 21 right now. Going to drop down to 4. No, it was 4. It's going to be 26. It's been cold here in Billings. <laughs> That's It's that time of year. It's that time of year that um, it starts getting a little bit cold. Starts to put a little bit of uh, precipitation out there. Starts to get a little snowy, depending where you are. Or also, depending where you are, it gets like really, really comfortable. Well, because it's hot as hell the other times of year. (laughs) Right. And it feels to me like we're entering the season of like the people who do the outdoor activities. And don't get me wrong, if you're not one that does a lot of outdoor activities and you want to get into outdoor activities, you can start in the snow. But typically, those who do snow activities, are more experienced you know they they're they're, they do the camping they do the hiking the fishing you know it's like oh yeah if you're going to go snowshoeing or you're going to go ice fishing it's like you do the other outdoor hobbies most likely um you're not going to start quite there uh typically but you know it it makes me think of like today's today's episode where we're going to get into the tourons the dumb tourists you know you don't get as many in the winter you know, I mean, yeah, you get the guys like in Minnesota who build their ice huts and leave them out too long and they just like fall in the water. But I mean, yeah, I would say, yeah, I would say so. I think for the most part, you don't get as many tour on stories. Um, but no, actually, that's Loki, a really great segue into the actual meat and potatoes, or I guess, uh, turkey and stuffing of this week's episode um which is just funny or real stories that involve animals because we haven't just chatted about animals in a while so no we found some articles um and since you mentioned that there's not many tourons in the winter it brings up a great article that I found that apparently in Wyoming, well, I'm not going to say it's all Wyoming. I'm going to say um, that Jimmy Orr 
the guy that wrote this, uh, maybe he considers that the official spring, start of spring or the season opener, season opener in quotes in here, is when a tourist at a natural destination, such as the Yellowstone National Park or somewhere, does something that prompts a wild animal attack. Yeah. And it goes into it goes into the first uh, one of the year, which is a moose. This guy goes to pet a moose, and he gets fucked up. They have a, <laughs> they have a video of it, and like, uh, if you want to see it, you totally can. But I mean, he gets fucked up. I mean, share that screen, boy. All right. And- no, I mean to use that kind of language this early on in the podcast, you know it's it's wild. But that's true. You look at these like these parks, it's oh, but it's like winter. Good. This is the videos in winter, so that it doesn't match the article at all. Yeah, but I mean he Oh my god. Yeah. He just headbutts him. The news just headbutts the dude and then he just tramples him. Gang stop. Yeah. Get the go hit him with the snowmobile. Don't just like go and stop. Oh, yeah, there's a lot that goes on in this video, but I mean, like, oh, this guy probably <laughs> broke his leg, huh? Get, yeah, so oh. that guy, he gets fucked up. This reminds me of the time Jared, it, you know, he fell into the gumbo kind of mud at a lake where, like, you just sink down in it. It's kind of oh, like, yeah. And uh, he ripped his toenail off doing that. Ow. Big toe, too. Yeah. Still, that hurts. Doesn't matter and, what toe. Uh, <laughs> I was there, and I said, dude, you got to let me film this. No <laughs> one's going to believe it. And he's like, oh, fuck you. Oh, I'm getting all mad. <laughs> and I was like, no, dude, you got to let me film this because, like, you're going to, like, want the video at some point to show people, like, look at this, like, agonizing pain I was in. I mean, I think originally the guy's like, dude, Give me, give me on video petting this moose, and then it went to, I'm on video getting absolutely fucked up by a moose. They are violent. They are aggressive creatures. If you guys didn't already know that. No, um, my favorite though is they like try to help by just revving their snowmobiles like a them. little bit closer. Go hit the moose in the back leg with the front of the snowmobile. It'll run away. Like, yeah, you know, they had to do something a little bit more. But other than that, they were kind of just watching their buddy get this ass kicked. I mean, do you want me to film you if you ever get attacked by a moose? No, because I hopefully am never going to get attacked by a moose. I like to think I'm smarter than, like, go up and pet it. Fair, fair, fair. No, that was interesting. I mean, also brings up a good point, that video. I like that video. Uh I need to go snowmobiling in Yellowstone this winter. Oh, it's, uh, I mean, I didn't go snowmobiling, but you have to do it like in special tours and stuff now. That's fine. Uh, I mean, it's still worth it, but if like, you can't like think like you're just going to go anywhere you want, like you're in kind of a caravan type deal. No, that, that trip, that one will be, that won't be me and Thea down there. I'm thinking. Maybe we'll do a wandering ways review of that. And then the other trip, which I'm hoping maybe you or Matt can sneak on over for a weekend, is uh get get up over to Sealy and rent some snowmobiles and just get out there, get up on those lakes, get out in those trails and just hit them hard with the snowmobiles as well as the uh ice fishing, because uh why not? Yeah, we'll have to figure some sort of trip out. 
especially figure out the summer one that's coming up. Yeah, because uh, I, I hear it might go international. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Ooh, this guy's got some this guy's got something something up his sleeve. Um, no, I just I don't know where we would do it. Um, but another another one I want to get going possibly is a Teddy Roosevelt National Park. It's kind of one of those underrated ones. So uh, Oh, yeah, yeah. That's what I keep hearing. You want me to bring up the next story, my guy? I got a good story. Yeah, yeah. Let's do you you have the next one in our journey of funny stories. We're going to fly on over because this one is about parrots. Putting in time out for a cruising. Five African gray parrots, their names, Billy, Eric, Tyson, Jade, and Elsie, recently had to be separated for encouraging each other to swear. At patrons at the Lincolnshire Wildlife Center in the UK. We are quite used to parrots swearing, but we've never had five at the same time. And for some reason, these five relish it. Steve Nichols, the zoo chief's executive, told the AP. People were were mainly entertained by the potty mouth parrots. When a parrot tells you to fuck off, it amuses people very highly. Uh, it's brought a big smile to a really hard year, he said. But for the sake of children, the zoo decided it was best to put the birds into separate enclosures until they can behave. Fun fact, uh, former U.S. President Andrew Jackson kept an obscene parrot as a pet. Fun fact, Andrew Jackson is a piece of shit president who sent the natives on trail of tears. That was my fun fact at the end. Of the <laughs> I was like, damn, I really got dark there with the fun facts. <laughs> um, how funny would it be if you're just like walking by and a parrot's just like, fuck off. <laughs> it would be great. I would film it. Yeah, it would be. That, it would also be funny to see like if the five parrots like fed off each other, you know? <laughs> oh, I assume so. I assume that's what they're saying. The five together. Because it's like, yeah. I'm curious though because it was in the United Kingdom do they have British accents no I bet they still have that parrot accent I bet the just the cussing is like um all like British slang and stuff so it's probably just like uh like a bunch of like you wanka (laughs) yeah hobnock off yeah yeah stuff like that that a parrot's just calling you which would be even funnier for me because i'm not in the uk so it's like i don't hear that terminology all the time so it's funny when someone get calls you like a wanker here in the states because you're like that's not our slang so to hear a parrot do it would be like equally as funny have, have you been around like birds like pet birds or anything like that no birds aren't real Okay. Okay. Well, that that'll get. I'll go. I'll get into the next story with that comment here a little bit. But, but, my ex had parrots, or no, her her sister had like the little parakeet things that you can get at like PetSmart, Petco. Yeah. And she would just let them fly around the house. They would just poop everywhere, and they thought like, I don't, you know, I birds not for me, not for me. I'm no. good. On all levels, like even penguins, like you, you see them on like the videos and the animations. You're like, oh, cute, but then you actually go to a zoo and you see a penguin. You're like, oh, it's still a bird. <laughs> it's a derpy bird that wears a tuxedo, right? <laughs> but, but I no, mean, none of well, them are you real. Were talking, you were talking about, yeah, exactly. None of them being real. So 
This one right here. This one. This one. So a spy pigeon exonerated set free. That's the article headline. A Pakistani pigeon was arrested by Indian law enforcement on suspicion of being a spy. The bird flew over the continuous border and was apprehended due to a suspicious ring around its ankle printed with numbers. The numbers were actually the cell phone number of the pigeon's owner. After a thorough investigation, the pigeon was deemed not a threat to national security and was set free. It was just an innocent bird, police told Reuters. But before you can laugh it off, you should know this wasn't the first case of avian espionage in the area. In 2016, a pigeon was taken into Indian custody after it was found with a note threatening Indian Prime Minister Narayanda Mondi. While we were on the topic, sort of check out nine ways you didn't realize the government could be spying on you. Oh, that was a link. Hey, they're not real. There's a whole website. You can go check it out. Birds <laughs> got like completely annihilated, I believe, in like 1984. George Orwell. Yep. You heard it there first. Yeah. No. Birds, um, birds aren't real. They're surveillance um, devices. Do you not believe that? That birds aren't real? Yeah. Have you have you not checked out the website? It will convince you. I mean, I'm asking you personally. Yeah, that man I think man. birds that if birds are real or aren't real. Man to man. <laughs> I mean, I don't think we can trust it. I mean, pigeons are weird. And the fact that, like, the carrier pigeon has been, like, wiped out to extinction, and we all have a sudden have this other pigeon, but, you know, Travis Diamond, our guy, he was talking about, uh, he's a birder, and he was telling me, like, there's, like, a sparrow or a swallow or something like that here in the U.S. that's just taking over, like, natural habitats of, like, finches and, like, other habitat, other little birds here in the States. And they do that. Like birds are a vicious creature. And in, I don't know. I mean, there's something to it too. Cause it's like, we have the national bird. Eagles are very important. People get like, you know, like really into like those bir large birds and those large beaked birds specifically uh, when it comes to like, even like ancient religions. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. There's something to it. Like, have you seen, there's a, there's like there's a, a connection to fly. Oh, uh, what's that? There's a connection to flying. Uh, yeah, I mean, probably, especially like early on, like before we had planes, because it's like, oh, that's something we can't do. Exactly. Which we now we can. Fuck yeah. you, birds. We do, we do it now, and uh, I believe we kill a lot of birds due to the oh. flying. But I'm sure, I mean, there's birds are also smart. So I know, I mean, I know for a fact that you're able to use them like in war. They did in wars. You did hear about that. Kind That's of why stuff. they're not real. And I mean, you got the bird flu. That's real. <laughs> I mean, birds are interesting. They're, 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 they're I'm not a fan of them, but they, I'm not they either. Yeah. Um, but anyways, I'm going to move on. Uh, we're going to go on to something that uh, equally as suspicious, um, but more for the people of Japan, um, specifically the, and I'm, I'm, I apologize, I'm going to butcher this, but the Hokkaido 
um, Hokkaido. Hokkaido. Yes, something like that. But uh, title of the article is Giant Ninja Bear has been attacking dairy farms in the Hokkaido for three years. Uh, Japan's northernmost prefecture of Hokkaido is home to much of the country's bear population. But while there are a lot of bears, only one of them is known as the Ninja Bear. No one has, has ever seen the ninja bear directly, but images of the stealthy animal were captured on security footage in the town of Shebeka this past July, as shown in a video. Um, this is the first time the bear has been seen since 2009, when it was also caught on the security camera footage. Um, the bear, but while it's the Ninja Bear's skill of avoiding detection that earned its nickname. The moniker would be just as appropriate for its pen penchant for midnight assassins. Based on paw tracks, DNA samples from fur and droppings, and attack methodology, the Ninja Bear is suspected to roughly 60 attacks on dairy cows in, at the farms in this area and neighboring. That's enough food for a lifetime if you think about it when you're talking like 2009 being caught on camera. Um, I'm about yeah, well, it. Like, it, I'm it for... mentions why it's kind of odd that there's that many. And it's uh, ordinarily a bear, when it makes a kill of something that large, it will stay in the area and eat on that one, um, that one kill. Whereas this bear only takes a portion of the cow it kills and then disappears back into the forest only for its next attack to take in a completely different part of a two-town area. Wow. I'm about it. It's kind of wild that there's this bear just like, I mean, straight up being a ninja. Makes you question. I mean, bears are really cool creatures they really are they're they are smart they're they're curious very much so curious um and they have their patterns but they also have their uniquenesses in this way you know like you get out in like east glacier you'll get those grizzlies where it's like there's 12 grizzly bears just hanging out in one field together on like yeah. a beautiful spring day um yeah. It's, you know, and you don't see that a lot. And there's some things like that you just don't see. Um, makes sense. And it's, is this bear's probably way of also adapting. You wonder what kind of regulations are in the Hokkaido area for, like, bear hunting, bear trapping. Is it protected? Like, all, yeah. all that kind of stuff. Because, you know, ranchers here in the States don't like bears. They're going to shoot a bear, um, even if they don't have a tag or whatnot. Um but you know that that brings up something interesting to me too because i I'm, I'm very a part of like the giving right it's like you build your big beef herds for a reason and it's like who cares if a bear gets one or two a year that one or two should be an offering to a bear because you are sharing the area with it you know and they're they're not taking the best cows they're taking your weak ones they're taking the ones that are easy to get when they are um so it's like kind of cool to see this where you have a bear and he's going in different areas and he's not striking the same part, but that's also showing that bears can adapt and bears can change to these regions. And then, you know, it's like, he's not going to keep coming back. I mean, we're talking about a three year span. This bear's getting 20 kills a year. 
that's I mean, but spread that out, that's one every two weeks. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess, but for only taking portion of it, there's a lot of wasted that's meat all, in this bear. That's all you need, though, for a bear, you know, because they also eat, like, moths and shit like that. Yeah, but berries, why wouldn't like you just they're, they're, get, have the one cow, then? How much meat do you eat in your diet? Not as much as a bear, but, you but, know, I eat a lot of a cow. <laughs> But it's a but it's a percent, right? Maybe this guy's like, hey, I don't I, I I like to hunt, you know, but I don't like I want to run away from it. I'm just gonna take a little bit here and there. This Maybe is the it's only bear ever that has like portion control. <laughs> They're adapting. I I just find it odd. I, I mean it's a diet. bear doing its thing. <laughs> but um no, it is. I mean, it's interesting because you're right. Like, bears do eat. They'll sit there and eat. They'll come back, right? Like, they'll go sleep for the night, and then they'll come back and, like, oh, here's this bison laying here in Yellowstone. I'll gobble it up today, and, like, you'll scare off the wolves and coyotes. And it's like the wolves and coyotes are the ones that come and get their portions because they're yeah. getting them and running away because they'll get attacked. Unless it's a ballsy, um, uh, but bears are scavengers too. Yeah, that's true. It's someone, uh, maybe it's someone dressing up like true. a bear. Keeping on the bear theme right now, uh, I'm just curious. Have you seen? And apparently, this is a real movie that's based off of true events. Have you seen that? There's a movie coming out called Cocaine Bear. What? No. Yeah, and it's as advertised. The movie is about bear that eats cocaine and goes wild. <laughs> nice. So I was kind of thinking of getting into sport fishing again, but I feel like I need a good quality net. Well, you know what, Reverend? I got the key solution for you. You know, our friends at Blue Ribbon Net make this eco-friendly aquafade bag so you're not hurting the environment. It's 100% biodegradable. Plus the wood is locally sourced and it is also biodegradable and it's just such a great company to use. Um, the Blue Ribbon Nets, they're here in Bozeman, Montana. And we even have a discount code. That's right, if you use the code RUGARU10, that's right, that's my Jeep, the RUGARU, RUGARU10, R-U-G-A-R-U-1-0. Uh, you're going to get some discount on a blue ribbon net. You know, you can get the long one if you're fishing the big fish, or you can get just the good river one, you know, if you're like me and just want to catch a lot of fish. So, again, make sure you go check out Blue Ribbon and use the promo code RUGARU10. Hey, hey there, Reverend. Um, I heard that you might be running dry on your sticker supplier. Yeah, I've been looking around and I've kind of like run out of cool stickers to buy and put on water bottles and stuff. Well, I, I mean, have you seen the stuff Josh has been coming out with lately? No, I have not. Well, he is doing some really cool stuff with the Shop LS574. Yes, they're working with indigenous communities and making some really cool stickers um he has a really cool buffalo mountain sticker there's even water bottles hats sweatshirts the whole swag and we even got 
a discount code for you guys. Yes, if you use Wandering Ways at Shop LS five seven four, you're going to be getting a discount on your next purchase. But not only that, you're going to be giving a percentage of that sale to the Little Shell Tribe, as well as they donate a dollar of every sale to murdered and missing Indigenous women. So just such a cool thing going on there. You know, you use the code Wandering Ways. W-A-N-D-E-R-I-N-G-W-A-Y-S, and you put that in there, boom, you're getting a discount. Um, we've talked a lot about animals being kind of derpy or animals doing cool things uh, or some cool stuff. So uh, keeping with that theme and keeping on brand here, um, it's time for some cool shit in nature. Uh, this week, got two of them as per use, but this time it's a picture and then uh, it's, a, it's a video that's not really like a true cool shit in nature. It's just got some helpful information. And I thought actually you personally, Zach, could really enjoy or uh, find helpful as well. Your helpful information is always cool. Yeah, but this first one is just a picture. It's a bunch of sockeye salmon in the water. Um, this one took me straight back to Alaska, which is why I found it um, or saved it to uh, show us cool shit in nature because it's pretty freaking cool to see how many of them there are. Well, it's cool because you got like a beautiful blue sky day. Yeah. And it's making that water pop and the red pop in these fish. Um, That's very true. Like normally when you see these sockeye salmon like this, they're in the uh they like it's a, a gray day. Yeah, that's true. Uh no, it's a good day to get this kind of a picture, but I mean they do they do pop in the water for sure. Uh, and it's a good angle. Like I mean, just to like see the water and the land and just all those fish. Yeah, he's got a good little bubble on his camera. Um, but no, yeah, so that's picture. Uh, next one, this one, uh, I think you'll find super informative, <sighs> and I think the wanderers will too. Keep the bison at you, headbutt it to stun it, roll underneath it, move into squat position, squat it into the air, grab its back, and double knee it in the back on the way down. Guys, <laughs> these things literally eat grass for crying out loud. Nobody should struggle to do this. Essentially, for anybody that's just watching or just listening, it's this guy that he can here to teach you how to survive a bison attack. He's going to wrestle it, and that's what you're going to do. You're just going to headbutt it and drop it down, spin it, and you win bison. <laughs> they just eat grass, he says. They just, they just eat grass. That's it. That's all they eat. Yeah, so <laughs> I thought I thought you could really find that helpful because you go to Yellowstone all the time, and I know you get close to them bison, and so just double knee it in the back and then uh, squat it. I don't know. I mean, I really don't know what I would do if you were getting charged. Yeah, tell you the truth, I think I would go into a ball. Ball or like part of me is like go up. No, because then he's gonna flip you and you're gonna get hurt from the gravity coming down too. Yeah, that's true. I mean you're you're fucked 
so like going into a ball, I think like you can at least try and protect your head um, and try and protect like some organs and stuff. But I mean, you're, you're kind of fucked. <laughs> yeah. You got to want him to give up on you. Yeah. I mean, if you can get into a tree really, really quick. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But, fair. Fair. Uh, no, yeah. I'm kind of mad though because I I sent you over from a really sketchy website, um, a cool shit in nature, and you didn't. You're like, I'm not gonna pull this up. No, <laughs> my uh, the computer slowed way down. I was like, uh, we're done. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it was a video of a raccoon, as you say, a raccoon or raccoon, um jumping up on the girl's paddleboard and like taking her bag and like swimming away with it like they're little interesting buggers huh oh yeah they're very mischievous um very very mischievous though speaking of things that have adapted the uh the raccoon has really adapted to the life of humans <laughs> no it has cuz they say studies show that cars in nature actually hit more raccoons than the ones in cities because they've adapted to like yeah climbing power lines and stuff like that i mean i've had some crazy experiences myself um back with even corvallis there i was walking home one day and like in the like where they put the newspaper out there's little huts those boxes yeah there's one and he was just hey what's up guy and you're just like what the hell man like i'm good we used to we used to feed them uh, growing up. We'd like go to Central Oregon every year in the summer, and uh, we'd see like families. And I mean, like it'd be like ten raccoons. And so we used to like we used to feed them like cookies. <laughs> oh gosh, yeah, they're interesting. You're not supposed to do that. I know, really, it's big bad, big bad no no. <laughs> yeah, no, you shouldn't do that. But no, it happens. People, people back in the days. Didn't do it right. No, no, we didn't do a lot of shit um, right back then. Um, but I believe you have another story. I believe I do. I believe I do. To continue on this trend of... I got two, kind of, sort of. But the more one that fits the script, the octopus shakes rescuer's hand. And I know you got a theory about an octopus. And, They're aliens. Uh, yeah, exactly. Here we go. Uh, an Egyptian <laughs> couple found an octopus stranded on the beach and decided to move it back to deeper waters. It looked near death, and they were worried about their new friend. So they went back to check on it the next day, only to discover it was alive and well. Perhaps the octopus had been looking for them, too, because for the next hour it followed them along the beach occasionally reaching out a tentacle to shake hands or high one after appropriately thanking rescuers it headed back out to sea i was gonna ask you um if you got a high five from an octopus would it be a high five or a high one or would it be like would it like stick so would it would you call it something else yeah i don't know um it Octopus are, they're very smart creatures as Ooh, scientists smart. figured out. Um, you have a theory that they're aliens. Yeah, I, I, I do. I do. The, I do have a theory that they, uh, they're aliens because of how smart they are. Uh, the theory is they came on a meteorite. 
the species came on a meteorite and because in the grand scheme of it when you ask yourself what is or what does an alien look like and we always go to the classic like kind of big bubbled head kind of big buggy eyes and it then the rest is like very humanoid like but in reality it could literally be anything like could be freaking bacteria for all we know, or fungi could be um, um, anything like that. So leaving it to octopi as possibly being, and then that they have no like real, there's no like real evolutionary like uh, chain. So there's like, what did it evolve from? It's kind of just always been an octopus. So it's like, all right, alien. Yeah, and I mean, there's so much going on in the ocean that we don't know about. You know, we're just learning things about our, those giant squids and sperm whales, um, and whales for that matter, daily. Um, there's Oregon State University does some good stuff with the whales. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, you know, I was on TikTok the other day, and I was like scrolling, and I came across a video where this girl was talking to a spy. And she's in her, her dad's a spy. She's interviewing him. And she asked him the question, do you think there are underwater cities out there that like... That's such a fascinating question. And I'm curious. If I think there is? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'm going to have to clock in at no. Yeah? I mean, yeah, I have quite... I have nothing to really base the idea that they are other than like, we just don't know what's down there type deal. We have submarines like in like they, those like summer, there's tons of submarines out in the water right now. Right. You tell me there's not like a military base of those underwater somewhere. No, I don't think so. Okay. Fair. Yeah. I just don't. <laughs> I don't think so. That's fair. That's fair. I'm okay with it. That's fine. Um, Taking it, you think that? Ah, uh, but you know, if there isn't now, there will be in the future. Oh, I think there will be in the future too. We're like we're gonna go. We're gonna flood everywhere. So we gotta get used to the water. Well, and that's what, like, I mean, is we're, like, humans by nature kind of colonize, especially the white ones, and, like, we want to colonize the moon, we want to colonize Mars, so it's like, why wouldn't they do that to the water, too? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's fair. Weird. Well, we, it'd be, I think it'd be better if we colonized the water. Uh, well, I don't think I, it would be good, but if you're looking at what it does to us as people, I think colonizing the water would be better because we're staying on this planet rather than learn trying to learn trying to live on another planet. Makes sense. Oh yeah, fair. So I get what you're saying. Yeah, um, but I got I got one last last story here kind of sort of gotten for you it's kind of not it's about animals 
So yeah, yes. Title is exactly mirror mirror on the wall. Who's the fattest bear of them all? And you know, it's a national park podcast. We talk about national parks on here, so why not? We talk about Fat Bear Week, hosted every year by the Katamai Conservancy. Uh, allows the public to vote for which Alaskan bear will be the chunkiest before going into hibernation. After making a donation to a charity, people got to vote for one of the le- Lardicius le- Leviathan Levels Chunky Challengers on Fat Bear Tuesday. This year it was October 6th. Adipose went to Bear 747, affectionately nicknamed Jumbo Jet. The brown bear weighs at least 1,400 pounds, uh, something that will help make him comfortably through the cold winter. Fun fact so. about Katmai National Park. Have I've you been seen? There. That's the fun fact, right? That you've been. I've there. been to Katmai. The watering waste team. I've been there. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen that competition before? I have. I've seen. I, it I have seen it actually. Yeah, I've seen that they do it every year. I think it's great. I think it's weight shaming. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, but this time, like, you want the fat bears. <laughs> exactly. The little ones go. But it makes sense because it is a competition both for the bears out there in the wilderness and, you know, the winter. Like, with climate change, whether you believe it in or not, you should believe in it because – you look at places like Alaska where these bears, where these seasons are changing. It's like some of the winters, it's how they hit They're You know, they, they don't get snow early enough. They don't have a fall. They don't have enough ice. The way the snow comes down, the way the storms come in are a little harsher. Are they worse? That affects everything from the bears to the insects, to the plants, you know, and is a whole chain of things. So it's like you monitor that and you can monitor probably the bears and like, it's crazy to think like you look in like the journals, the Lewis and Clark journals, the other um, like historical documents of like people conquering the West. Like they would get bear up to like 2000 pounds. And oh. you're talking the winner of this competition being like 1400. Like that's what we've done to bears. We've decimated that population to where it's like, they're not even getting to where they used to be. Right. Yeah. Th- that's, that's always a fascinating um, thing to see like the sheer numbers and size of things like when back when there just wasn't a lot out here other than uh all the sheer size and number of things has gone to people um so um yeah that's that's unfortunate but uh you know it's it's the time unfortunately we live in but it's always nice to see that you know there are still some fat bears out there uh hopefully that competition can keep going and I don't know. Keep an eye out on it. Maybe uh, make that donation and then uh, vote on a fat bear next year. What uh, what what kind of bear are you most afraid of? A polar bear. Yeah, bear. I, yeah, yeah. Grizzlies. I, I'd be afraid of a grizzly just because I feel like I'd encounter one of those most likely in my life. But yeah, polar bear are most vicious. Yeah, um, for sure. You know, I think. You know, if I'm gonna, if I get in a fight with a bear, polar bear for sure, no. Um, brown bears would suck, but you could play dead. Um, a black bear, you know, a black bear, I think you could 
cheekily went be if you punch him just right. Yeah, you'd want like a little one, but not one of those like you get them, you see them down there in like Florida or I know. Uh, Don't get me wrong, I think a black bear would fuck me up, but I think if you give it a good whop, especially like on the nose, like yeah, with a stick or something. Yeah, I think I could win that. Well, I don't know if winning's the right word, but survive that fight. <laughs> Panda bear. Oh. That would be they they would hug you. They would literally just hug you. Koala bear. Uh you get chlamydia. Okay, Matt. That <laughs> the the chlamydia and koala bears is a big problem, actually. Oh, fair. But uh, you know, that's just it. It's speaking of uh the clap, that is that is uh, kind of where we're ending it. You know, it's time for her our final words um because it's that time so i'm gonna go final words my guy you know i'm super 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 excited we got some good stuff coming up down the shoot hoop de hoop for you guys um no seriously we got you know some good interviews coming up we got some good podcast episodes i was really excited today for today's recording i was like hyped up i was playing music i was doing some dances you know i was like we got this we're coming out here we're going to just record some nature loving no (laughs) we're just here to talk about nature to catch up to have a good time inform you what where we're at where we're going what we're doing uh make sure you stay tuned into the socials we have tons of cool stuff on the social media as you can see um i know mark has a blog so check that blog out and you can always shoot us an email um, at wanderingwayspodcast at gmail.com. W-A-N-D-E-R-I-N-G-W-A-Y-S-P-O-D-C-A-S-T at G-M-A-I-L dot C-O-M and just hit the reverse button on your phone to rehear that. I'm not going to say it again. All right, Reverend, it's your turn. <laughs> Final words of wisdom uh, from the Reverend himself. Um, say beautiful everybody I can't tell you how much I appreciate every single one of you for listening uh, through this podcast all of that fun stuff um, you know make sure you're going weather's getting colder you know we talked about how it's cold uh, where we both live so put on a jacket grab a nice blanket make some good hot cocoa some cider some tea all that fun stuff um and enjoy the the winter the winter it's a peaceful kind of eerie spooky and it's wonderful and it's just as awesome as a spring a summer or a fall so you should still go out and enjoy it and all that fun things and with that being said peace out everybody bye